Welcome to the 124th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. When John and Heidi Wise launched a pasture-based dairy farm in northwest Wisconsin in 2010, it was the culmination of over a decade of preparation. Besides taking the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings course, the Wises worked with mentor farmers like Roger and Michelle Benrood, attended field days and workshops, and in general sought out resources wherever they could find them. At one point, Heidi even quit her job in corporate communications so she could concentrate on developing a business plan for their future farm. John is 47 and Heidi 45, and three years ago their son Peter was born. So they eventually decided it was now or never when it came to realizing their farming dream. But soon after they've moved onto their 160-acre farm and began milking cows, it became clear that all the planning in the world can't prepare you for things like record snowfalls, ornery cattle, and all the other variables that come with day-to-day agriculture. Now that they are a few years into it, the Wises finally feel they have their heads above water. Part of the reason is they are benefiting from an advisory team consisting of a local extension educator, a grazing consultant, a feed nutritionist, their banker, and the Benroods, who are dairy farmers in southeast Minnesota and who also are Farm Beginnings grads. The Wises are also benefiting from some valuable advice they received while taking the Farm Beginnings course. They recall how veteran farmers who had led the classes talked about the, quote, pit of despair, end quote, all farmers go through at one time or another. Knowing that all agricultural producers go through such dark times helped immensely, say John and Heidi. It also helped knowing that planning, goal-setting, and hard work can help a farm family emerge from even the deepest pit with their sanity and farming aspirations intact. I recently visited the Wise Farm and chatted with John and Heidi about the long-term planning they did before jumping into farming, the importance of having an advisory team, and how eventually the time for talk and preparation must end and one just has to take that big step into the future. So John and Heidi, we had talked a little bit about kind of your career path in farming since you took Farm Beginnings in 2001. You kind of uh, took the longer view and looked at a lot of farms. You uh, had kind of interned on a on a dairy farm and interned on a, also on a beef farm. I guess I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about this, kind of how you were very methodical about looking at a business plan and not jumping in into that and maybe what were the advantages to kind of taking that long-term view a little bit and how that's kind of helped you as you've now you're now that you've gotten uh launched your operation i guess this is your third year and of actually farming on your own well i guess it fits our styles pretty well we are both um introverted people and we tend to be a little more wait wait what you're introverted i am i know people always ask that but it's not about whether you are talkative it's about where you get your energy (laughs) and so we tend to be a little more careful about what we do and we tend not to just jump into things so it fit with our styles some people really like to just get into it but for us we wanted to feel like we had tested things out a bit we had looked at pros and cons and that we knew what we were doing so that once we got into it we could hit the ground running and I think it's worked pretty well obviously the first couple years of farming are hard but I think we were more prepared for it because of all of the time we had spent thinking about mulling it over and imagining what the future could be for me I think it's been a good approach 
Well, and also the the business plan we did with the, the projections of the future and that, you know, we have not been making money yet, but we're doing pretty close to what we projected. And without knowing that, you know, things would get better financially, it would be really tough. You know, I don't know what we'd be doing. We'd be thinking about pulling the plug before we lost everything. And one of the things that it sounds like it's helped you now that you're here on your own place is you have this kind of, uh, it's an advisory group that's helping you out. Uh, it sounds like that's really been useful for you because you didn't know anybody when you moved into this area and uh, had never, you know, been on a farm on your own. Uh, talk a little bit about that, how that, that's helped you guys out. Well, on our team, we have uh, the Barron County Extension agent. We have our banker. We have the nutritionist from the feed mill. And that's a really great asset to have because everybody has her test their hay so whenever she says well they have a little extra maybe you want to give them a call we found a lot of hay that way a lot of good hay that way the fact that you know the extension agent he knows so many farmers they can tell us say like where to go for things and who to contact for information and that and then like uh, the ben Roods, um, they, they they mentored us in in dairy, and so when we have questions, we can call them up or email them. You know, they've seen just about everything, and uh, we just try to make sure it's not too stupid a question. You know, they say, "Well, you should already know that," and uh, so they've uh, given us advice and information. And uh, just uh, the more people you talk to and consult, the better off you are. I I think in some ways it saved our operation because we were so mired in the day-to-day that we weren't spending the time thinking about where we were going to go with our business. And if you don't start planning and anticipating, you really get behind and you get stuck. And so they helped us get unstuck. They help us prioritize. And they just they just help us make better decisions as farmers. And it's hard to do that when you're stuck in it. And there's also that spousal factor where... Sometimes it's hard to listen to that person you're with every day, and it gives an outside perspective and and helps to just kind of balance things and give some neutrality. Well, when we got some new cows in our herd, we had purchased our original herd, and then about um, six months later, we purchased 26 more cows. And they created some havoc and uh, wrecked our interior fencing system. So we ended up losing our rotational grazing. And that was a real problem. And uh, John really wanted to be able to get that work done. He wanted to do it right, but unfortunately there's just not enough time in the day to be able to do that kind of work. And so it kept getting put off and put off, and unfortunately we had to start buying hay too early, and it got to be very stressful and frustrating running around the farm trying to chase cattle everywhere. And we had a meeting with our advisory group, and when they found out that we were still doing this, they said, you have got to get your fence fixed now. That has to be a top priority. And even though we knew it and we had argued about it and um, really struggled through that, just having them say that and having them say, hire somebody. It's kind of, it's what we needed to just get it done. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know, John, you talked about you're the kind of person who tends to, things aren't going well, you'll just work harder to fix it. And, and maybe th- this whole experience has helped you see a little bit. Well, sometimes you need to either hire out the help or get some fix some get a new piece of equipment or somehow deal with it rather than uh suffer through it a little bit well yeah it doesn't mean that i actually like to you know buy something new or to um hire something out because i'm the kind of person that nobody does anything good enough for me peter will learn that as he grows up and we'll have that 
typical farmer and his son hate each other dichotomy going on. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, they g- gave me the the boost there that okay, I got six other people here saying pay somebody to do it, and you know I was thinking. I can do this, just get off my back, but um, it was a little overwhelming, and I thought, well, I better get this done, especially when we had the banker there. You know, you always got to keep him happy. <laughs> one, of the th- one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, too, is you took Farm Beginnings, like, oh, it's been over 10 years ago now. Has some anything from that class stuck with you guys? Is something that's now that you're actually out there and for real doing it? You look back and go, oh, that was useful, or maybe there would have been something that could have been useful if it was in the class kind of thing. Yeah, for me, that first day in class, and I remember Dan French standing up and talking about the possibilities and don't let people tell you that farming has to be a certain way. And he talked about dairy and where people believe that you can never get away from the farm. And he said, you are in charge of your goals. And if your goals are to get away, you can do it. And it's possible and we've done it. And he also talked about going through the pit of despair, that when you start, Things are hard, and you will feel low, and you will get to that really low point where you think you can't continue. And even though that wasn't some sort of a technical, you know, textbook directive, those phrases stuck with me and reminded me that you are in charge of your goals and that it will be hard. And so when you're going through it, you remember that other people have too, and they've made it. And it helps you through that psychological point when you think you can't continue. And so that, for me, has been probably one of the more important pieces of the class was being exposed to people who will tell you this is some of what you're going to feel and experience as you get started in farming. Well, also, too, the setting of goals. You see that um, I don't like, I just, I believe you just do something. You know, you don't plan, you you kind of put a plan in your head, but you don't write down your goals and where you want to be and all that and then uh, see that. Everybody was doing that, and that, um, and then Dan French stressing the fact that you have to set goals and that. That really helped me to get on board with it, or else I probably still wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, you can see Heidi says that she really likes to plan, and you tend to 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 just do, and and that can be it can be a great team, but it can be stressful too. She has her story. She likes to call me the Black Diamond guy because when we were going out, um, I decided to take her cross-country skiing. And so we were out at this place, and suddenly there's some steep hills, and she'd never been on cross-country skis before. And she was mad because she crashed, and, you know, it was just hard going. And I said, when I bought cross-country skis, this is where I came out, and I just did it. And eventually you get good. Yeah. And uh, so... Yeah, it, it, for him, for him yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, eventually, you know, if, if uh, you will get the hang of something, even if you never had a lesson or and it will, well, dairy, I shouldn't say that because we wouldn't have kept these cows alive without our mentorship. But, um, yeah, I just figured that you can work your way through just about anything. Yeah. Well, and I think, Heidi, you had pointed out that uh, a couple of things. One is... When you take a little bit longer to launch your farming career, the one advantage is when you do launch it, you're ready to go a little bit. There's a little bit of that pin-up energy, and, and you're ready to, to go at it. But also, if you try, if you wait and wait and wait and plan and plan and try to figure out every thing that's going to come up, you're never going to 
launch it. Right. Eventually, you have to step off the cliff. So it's, it's finding that balance. Um, maybe we waited a little too long, although it feels to me like it's right because I feel like we're in the right place at a good place for us, and it really fit what we wanted. But yeah, there will be people tell you you should be getting a bunch of this experience and a bunch of that experience before you do it. And that's true, and we probably would recommend that to most people, if you can. But where we were in our lives and what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it, that didn't really fit with us. And we felt like we would just fall back on some other resources we had if we got into a little bit of trouble. But um, yeah, you can spend a lot of time hoping that you're going to know everything, and the, the fact is you won't, because every farm is different anyway. Peter, do you have any last words you'd like to say into the microphone? I would like to say, have a good day, and thank you for coming to our farm. For more information on LSP's Farm Beginnings program, see www.farmbeginnings.org. More information on A Wise Choice Dairy and Farm Stay in Chatech, Wisconsin is available on Facebook. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.